Welcome everyone to today's episode of the Jadava Show. This is Jacob Valier speaking, and uh, glad to have you with us on a Monday, um, December the 26th, the day after Christmas um, 2022, and I hope everybody did have a Merry Christmas if you celebrate. If you celebrate uh, Kwanzaa or Hanukkah, I don't, forgive me, I'm not well versed on those holidays, um, but I think they're still going on right now, or they're going on right now. If you do celebrate those, then you know, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, but Merry Christmas to everybody that did celebrate yesterday or this weekend. Um, it was a wonderful weekend for me and my family. We had, um, my wife and I had my wife's family over, uh, all weekend and, uh, we celebrated Christmas with, um, my father-in-law side of the family, which was very fun. Um, of course I've got a baby nephew, which is always, uh, fun to have on the holidays. All the presents go to him obviously, because he is the star of the show these days, um, and that's what you do with babies, you know, you give them all these presents, and, uh, they can't really use them unless they're clothes, um, you know, a lot of babies get books for, um, you know, for Christmas, I, I, or their birthdays, I've never understood that, and maybe that's just because I'm not a parent, um, so forgive me if I sound ridiculous, but, uh, yeah, I've never understood books, because obviously babies can't read, um, and they don't really understand words that you're saying, so you could really read them anything. Um, you know, you could read them the uh, menu from McDonald's, and that should be the same as reading them Good Night Moon, right? Or you could, you know, you could re- literally read anything to them, and <laughs> and they would be fine. That's why I've never really understood those. Maybe it's because the books are colorful, and it's more about seeing than, than hearing. Um but again, I'm not a parent, so forgive me if I sound ridiculous or I sound stupid, because I partially am both. Um, and so, uh, but that was, we had a wonderful Christmas, um, wonderful Christmas dinner last night at my wife's grandfather's house. Um, the turkey was excellent, the ham was excellent, and uh, I am very satisfied. Um, presents were presents, you know, I, I'm never much of a materialistic person, Um I enjoyed what I got. Uh, I enjoyed what I got other people. And so, uh, successful Christmas, um, on our side of things. And so, um, we'll be celebrating with my family next weekend, um, in Northern Virginia. And, uh, then Christmas will officially be over for my wife and I, but, um, at least for now, um, it was a good weekend. Uh, this is, I will say before I get into the football side of things, it, it is, this is, I, in my opinion, today is the worst day of the year, uh, every year, uh, December 26th. And you could even argue Christmas evening is the worst night of the year because it, it is like, it's over. Like the, you know, you got to start taking your Christmas decorations down. You get, you know, you don't really listen to Christmas music anymore. It's not festive, um, you know, because for last month, it's been really cold. It actually got really cold here in North Carolina last week. Um, but it's been mostly cold the last month and but the upside is you get to go on these you know you get to look at christmas lights and you get to you know go shopping for presents and you get to enjoy this christmas music and uh tim allen's on your uh tv screen and home alone's on tv and and you get to watch those and, and you listen to christmas music on your way to work or in the house and you got a big christmas tree in your living room and and all these decorations and it's wonderful and then christmas comes and you know yesterday was great and then the day after, which is today at the time of recording, it is uh, very sad because 
all of that's over. Christmas is more than a day. It's like a season. You know, Christmas is like a season. It's like, I think from Thanksgiving Day until Christmas Day, it is Christmas season. And you're talking, you're dealing with Christmas music and, and buying presents and putting the tree up and decorating and everything like that and Christmas movies. That's all for about a whole month. And then when it's over, it's still really cold outside, but it's not festive anymore. You got to put every, all the decorations away. You know, you got your gifts or whatever. You, you, you're, you're playing around with those, obviously, uh, for the foreseeable future. But the presents are, you know, I mean, uh, the uh, Christmas music goes away. The Christmas uh, movies go away. The decorations go away. And it's just cold with no holidays to look forward to until Easter. But that, but when Easter comes, if you celebrate Easter, that's like after it's done being cold. So you really enter this winter period where it's just gray and, and cold and you got to wear a heavy jacket and you got to your car and there's frost all over the windshield. It's, um, you know, we're entering that period now for probably about the next three months. Um, also football season's ending. Um, basketball and hockey season are sort of right in the middle of their seasons and, uh, baseball hasn't started yet. So really it's, in my opinion, the next two or three months is the most quiet, boring time of year because it's cold. You don't really get to do anything fun outside until March, really. Um, sorry, that's my keys. And then, um, you know, from March until May and even early June is allergy season for me. And I have awful allergies and um, definitely not looking forward to that. It's also a time of ending. You know, the school year ends. Everybody's, it's a reminder everybody's getting older. All the kids are getting older. Um, that's always sort of what I've associated that with. And then uh, the summertime's really hot. And then we get back to the best time of year, which is football season uh, starting in around September. Um, and that's also when it gets a little cooler, not, not too hot or anything, but it gets cooler. And then we're right back where we were a few months ago. So anyway, that's uh, that's a sneak in case you didn't know how, how the calendar works. I just informed you how it works. Um, okay, so um, week 16 of the NFL season. I am so sorry. I forgot to make my picks. On, well, I didn't forget. On Friday, uh, the 23rd, I had a very busy day. That's when I would have recorded the podcast for all my picks. I did not record it. I made my picks, but since I am an honest man... I will not go over them, just so you know, because I I did okay on my picks, but I'm not going to reveal them. I'm going to talk about the games. I'm not going to count them towards my record uh, because I'm an honest man, and I don't want anyone to think that I was, you know, that I'm doing. If I got them all right, then you'd think, well, you know, he's making his picks after the games to look right. Or if I got them all wrong, well, he's just trying to make it look like he's a really honest guy. So I'm just not going to do them. You know, I'm just not going to go over them. I'm going to go over the games, but I'm not going to go over the picks because I'm just, I'm an honest man. I'm an honest man. Um, okay, so I didn't make my picks. I'm sorry about that. Very busy Friday. Um, we'll go real quick. I want to be quick with these uh, games because, um, you know, there's not much to talk about with the uh, Commanders game. They, uh, it was a, it was a predictable game for me. I, I had no faith. I was actually going to pick San Francisco in that game. Um, because it just doesn't... The commanders with Taylor Heineke are just as limited as you can get offensively. Um, you might get a nice touchdown drive or two during the game, but other than that, you know, it's just kind of... You know, it, it, there's a lot that they leave on the field. There's a lot of missed throws. There's a lot of, you know... It's very one-dimensional. 
And so it was kind of a predictor. And the 49ers also are just a, a juggernaut of a roster. They're unbelievable. And so it, it made all the sense in the world to go on San Francisco's side. So the big story now, because Heineke got benched late in the game for Carson Wentz. So Wentz is now, you know, Ron Rivera hadn't announced who's going to start yet or anything. Um, but they basically have come out and said they're going to review everything. They're going to look at everything. When they say that after they've benched a quarterback, they're going to go with the backup, who also, by the way, is making a lot more money and has more upside talent-wise. So Wentz will be the starter for the last two games of the year against uh, Cleveland and Dallas. He deserves to be. Um, look, I'm, I know I've gone on this show and I've defended Carson Wentz even before uh, he was my quarterback. I said everybody's. I think people are overreacting on Carson Wentz. So now he is our quarterback. We entering week seventeen have the seventh seed in the NFC uh, because the Seahawks and the Lions both lost. Uh, the Packers have all of a sudden gotten back into the mix, but they have a tough schedule down the down the uh, down the stretch. But they need to lose one game um, to be out of it. I'm not terribly worried about Green Bay, uh, Detroit. I'm you know I'm a little worried about Detroit. They just got their butts whipped against the Panthers yesterday. And then the Seahawks lost to the Chiefs. That was kind of predictable. The Seahawks just had a brutal end of the season schedule. Um, and so, yeah. So, anyway, commanders control their own destiny. They went out. They, they're in the playoffs. Um, I guess, is there an outside chance? I think there's might, maybe an outside chance. Commanders could wrap up the sixth seed over the Giants, even though they didn't beat them at all this season. I don't know. I, I, I think the right move is Carson Wentz. Um I get why people would want Heineke, and, and and personally, I wouldn't be mad with Heineke. But the, look at the two quarterbacks side by side, right? You got Heineke and Wentz. Both have careless turnovers. Okay, both can make plays. Okay, both are playmakers. Um, but but both also have some. You know, they have a high upside, a low ceiling, or or, or a low floor. Excuse me. You know, some bad turnovers. Um, the differences between Heineke and Wentz is Wentz has much better accuracy, much, much better uh, arm strength than Heineke. And this is a team with really good receivers. Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson has been excellent the last three weeks. Um, None of them have been wins, but he's still been excellent. Um, And, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, Carson Wentz just offers more upside in an offense like this. Look at who they're playing the next two weeks. They get Cleveland, and, uh, you know, Cleveland's offense has been just, I mean, defense has just been awful. And offensively, they've scored 33 points in their last three games. That's 11 points a game. And defensively, they're a nightmare. Um, and then Dallas, I mean, they've given up 34-plus points the last two weeks offensively to Jacksonville and Philadelphia with a backup quarterback. So I'm not overly scared of them when it comes to Carson Wentz making plays on the Cowboys. They're not the same defense they were earlier in the season. So I'm not sweating it. We, we, I mean, look, we could lose both those games. We'd win both of those games. We could split. That's the only three options, actually. So um, I would rather have Wentz for this stretch. I think we've seen Heineke. The magic has run out a little bit. He's like every backup. He's good for a little bit, and then, you know, his true colors come out the longer he plays. Heineke did not have a horrible game against the 49ers, of the best defense in the NFL, but he also, you know, late in the game, you know, failed on a quarterback sneak, uh, threw a bad interception, was strip-sacked, uh, facing constant pressure. Now, Wentz doesn't do well under pressure either, but 
at least he can get the ball out quicker. He, I mean, Wentz does get the ball out quicker. He can throw it down the field farther. He's been off for like two months. He looked good against the 49ers when he came in in garbage time, Wentz. And so, yeah, that, that, that's really all my only thought. I, I, I figured they were going to lose this game. I had no real, you know, imagination they could win it. And so, uh, yeah, they, they lost. And Wentz will probably be the starter going forward. I know people are going to hate the commanders all of a sudden. They like Heineke. The media hates Wentz. I don't really get why they hate him. I understand thinking he's not great, but we're not the same player he used to be. Um, but this team could totally make the playoffs and hold on to that seventh seed with Carson Wentz these last two weeks. They certainly can, especially if they win next week. Then their chances are great. So there you go. There you have it. That's my thoughts on the commanders. I don't have a big rant because, the, I mean, they're playing, they're playing the best team in the league. I don't care if they have a seventh-round rookie starting. I mean, he's looked great, and the, that team looks unbe- unbeatable, quite frankly. All right, uh, quick thoughts about each game. There were a lot of games. Uh, there was a Thursday night game, Jaguars-Jets. I would have talked about that briefly on um, the show Friday if I had gotten on. Zach Wilson benched for Chris Streveler, of all people, uh, midway through the second half of that game. Zach Wilson, it's pretty much over. You know, I, I've always been, the, you know, people keep saying, well, we, you know, Zach Wilson's only in the second year. They need to give him more time. You know, they, listen, how many quarterbacks in the last decade have just shocked you in year three or four? Even Josh Allen, you showed you something in year two to make you think a breakout was coming. Zach Wilson had done that. Mahomes, right off the bat, you could tell Mahomes was special. Right off the bat, Deshaun Watson, you could tell. But also right off the bat, you could tell uh, Trubisky's not that good. Uh... You could tell right off the bat, eh, Josh Rosen, not very good. Sam Darnold, not very good. Baker Mayfield, yeah, he's okay, not great. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, you know, a couple of years in, those guys are special. Um, it, But by Thanksgiving of year two, you could tell. Kyler Murray, that's a good playmaker. Justin Herbert, that guy can really play. Thanksgiving of year two, you could tell that. Joe Burrow, Thanksgiving year two, you could tell. Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones by Thanksgiving a year two, you could tell those guys just aren't it. Sorry, they're, they're, they aren't it. Um, Tua, you could tell Thanksgiving a year two, eh, just kind of average, really not not great. You could tell that we've got Thanksgiving a year two with Trevor Lawrence, and you could tell the last few weeks he's been unreal. He's been great. He's the real deal. He's great. Um, you could tell with Mac Jones, he's pretty average. Justin Fields, eh. He's a great runner, but as a passer, eh, not that great. And then with, um, with, um, who's the, uh, uh, Trey Lance. He's injury prone. When he's on the field, not that accurate. You can tell Thanksgiving year two. Okay. This ain't the seventies where the quarterbacks needed like six years before they were great. Zach Wilson is, is awful. Lowest rated passer in the NFL by a mile. And it's not even close. And they have replaced him with three different quarterbacks this year now. Joe Flacco, Mike White, and now Chris Streveler. And all three guys, all three guys, have instantly moved the offense better than Zach Wilson. Listen, that's you can tell. You don't need to be a great singer to know what sounds good. You don't need to be a great chef to know what tastes good. Okay? You don't try... Everybody that knows me well knows that I don't really try many foods. I, I have a condition called ARFID. You can look it up, A-R-F-I-D. Um, and so, you know, I should know, 
You don't try the same food 20 times and, and think, you know, to try and like it. You can tell after the first time you've tried a food if you like it or not. Or the second time. First or second time, you can tell. 20 times, you don't need 20 times to tell. You don't need to hear a singer on American Idol sing or audition 10 times to know if she's a good singer or not. Okay? You can hear them once and know. It didn't take 20 times for us to know that Carrie Underwood was really good. It didn't take us 20 times to hear Adam Lambert sing and know that, oh my gosh, he's different. He's special. Okay? So it doesn't take... I mean, Zach Wilson has now started 22 games. He's 8-14, and 14, 15 touchdowns, 18 picks. Why do we need a 23rd start in order to see if he's good or not? I think, we, I think we've seen. As a Commanders fan, I know. We watched Dwayne Haskins for two years. Not once did I ever have confidence that he was the guy. You could tell right off the bat, wow, he's not very good. Daniel Jones, we've got four years. He's just average. And we got Giants fans that keep saying that, hey, we got to give Daniel Jones more time. Got to give him weapons. They've given him everything. And he's still just okay. What more do you need to see? How many more times do you need to see the same story be written? Anyway, that's my thought on Zach Wilson. Dude stinks. And the fact of the matter is they're going to be looking for a new quarterback this offseason. And that's a good roster. The Jets have a great defense. They've got young receivers that I really like. And they've got a running back in Brees Hall. When he's healthy, he's going to be very, very good. And I like their coach. So a quarterback, I'd really consider the Jets. But Zach Wilson ain't it. I mean, that, that is about as hard to watch. The Jets offensively are as hard to watch as it gets with Zach Wilson. Okay, uh, next game, Bills-Bears. Bills win 35-13. I'm sorry, this is sort of, I feel like I'm I'm part of, uh, pardon my take, the way I'm going through these games as opposed to how I usually do it. Buffalo waited till the fourth quarter to really romp Chicago. Not a lot of thoughts on this game. Buffalo is, is 12-3. They're still the, um, uh, the number one seed in the AFC. I think they'll clinch it if they win against Cincinnati next week. Maybe not. If they beat Cincinnati next week, that's a very, very good sign for them. Uh, they'll have the tiebreakers over the Bengals and the Chiefs, and they'll have 13 wins, which at that point, it looks like it's a pretty safe bet that they're going to win the number one seed. Um, and Chicago stinks. I mean, it, I'm not sold on Justin Fields yet. I know he's an absolutely electric runner, but every time I watch him throw the ball, I just sort of feel like I'm watching a watered-down Jalen Hurts in his first two years. Just Jalen Hurts was good, but Justin Fields ain't that good. So as a passer, so I, you know, I don't know if he's quite ready to be big time yet, but you know, he's also playing on a team with no receivers. So, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe with a, an increase in, um, offensive weapons next year, if they actually do right by him, maybe the bears will be watchable offensively next year. Uh, Saints Browns, this game was a total you know, pass on if you want to watch this game or not. Deshaun Watson versus Andy Dalton. This version of Deshaun Watson versus Andy Dalton. 17 to 10 Saints win. Both teams have six and nine records. The Browns have offensively have just gone in the toilet since Deshaun Watson took over. And uh, I don't know why that'll change anytime soon in a lost season. Seahawks and Chiefs. Um, the Magic has run out on Geno Smith. He you know, had a nice little run there where it looked like, hey, Geno Smith, you know, is he comeback player of the year? Well, the last month, he sort of come back to earth. They lose 24 to 10 to the uh, to Kansas City. 
last few games, um, you know, yeah, Geno Smith is Geno Smith. It's not like he is the renaissance man that we think he is. He's having a nice bounce back season, but it's, it's hard to really envision this lasting. And, uh, it was hard at the beginning of the season and it's really rearing its ugly head now. And Mahomes looks like he's going to wrap up the MVP of the league. Vikings and Giants. Uh, Vikings win 27-24. This was a matchup of the two horseshoe teams in the league with, you know, horseshoes being stuck up there. You know what? I mean, these are the two luckiest teams in football. And uh, Minnesota kicked a 60-yard field goal to win the game. Go figure. Um, in a battle of luck. Craig Joseph kicked. Kid who hadn't made many good kicks this year hits a 60-yarder to win the game. Uh, my big thought about this game was, yeah, the Vikings are good. They're going to make the playoffs. Giants will probably make the playoffs somehow. They're just not a very good team. I see both teams just going in the complete opposite direction next year. You see that a lot with teams that have luck go their way one year. It just goes the complete opposite way the next year. These two teams are prime candidates to be that next year, the Vikings and the Giants. Bengals, Patriots. Cincinnati wins 22-18. to Cincinnati, uh, um was up 22-0 at halftime, or were outscored 18-0 after half. They hold on to win somehow um, over the Patriots, even though the Patriots really weren't great. They fumbled the ball in the red zone. They had a pick six that they got seven of their points off a of pick six, um, and their other touchdown was a completely lucky Jacoby Myers touchdown off a deflection um, from a Bengals defender on a Hail Mary on third and 29. Um so the comeback seemed a little fluky, but Cincinnati is still better. They win against Buffalo next week in Cincinnati. It knocks Buffalo out of the number one seed. Cincinnati's two in Kansas City. Excuse me. Cincinnati. Hold on. How would that work? I have it pulled up. Uh, no, okay. Kansas City, if they keep winning, would be the number one seed. But So Kansas City plays Denver next week. We'll get into the Broncos here in a second. They'll beat them. So Kansas City would be the number one seed. Cincinnati two, Buffalo three. Um, okay. Lions at Panthers. Um, Carolina is outstanding running the football. They ran for over 200 yards in the first half, 320 total yards in the game. Uh, Detroit was one of the hottest teams in the league and they ran into an all time buzzsaw in Carolina, which has low key become one of the tougher teams to play in the NFL. That was a very shocking win for Carolina who stays alive in the NFC South. Ravens beat the Falcons 17-9. Baltimore is the most boring watch in the league. Uh, That's a good team. They can't score on offense, and they don't give up any points on defense. Uh, They're just a very tough watch, Um, which is, you know, good if you're a Ravens fan and keep winning. They're 10-5 somehow. They've just – it feels like their wins have just not been fun to watch at all, but they somehow some way are Uh, 10-5. So good for the Ravens. They're doing it with a backup quarterback. Texans beat the Titans 19-14. This was a tough one for me because obviously my man Malik Willis looked terrible as a thrower of the football against Houston, one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, Running the football, Malik looked okay. His first career touchdown in the NFL, but again, a start of Malik Willis where he didn't even throw for 100 yards. He's done it all three starts of his career. Um, It's not looking good, but can I just say Tennessee has no receivers, have a horrible offensive line, and a coach that doesn't quite believe in Malik, so maybe that's got a part of it, part of the reason. Cowboys beat the Eagles 40-34 to in a wild game between Dak and Gardner Minshew. Congrats, Dak. You barely outdueled Gardner Minshew in a home game uh, that you were favored in. Um, 
So, yeah, you know, who knows? It's the Cowboys. They won a big game over Philadelphia, who had a bunch of backups playing. Um, so, obviously, everybody's going to go back to calling the Cowboys a Super Bowl team. Uh, miss me with that. It's still the Cowboys. It's still Dak Prescott. It's still Mike McCarthy. They're still going to lose in the first round of the playoffs to Tampa Bay. Steelers beat the Raiders 13-10, to one of the worst ball games of the weekend. A very boring game. Kenny Pickett versus Derek Carr, who has looked awful all season, Derek Carr. I don't want any part of him if I'm a Commanders fan in the offseason. Um, and then Kenny Pickett, you know, let's see, you know, let a nice little touchdown drive in the uh, wake of Franco Harris's sudden passing. Um, was able to lead them to a pretty impressive win. So good for uh, Kenny Pickett, good for the Steelers doing that on the night they retire. Uh, Franco Harris's number on the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception and a few days after a very sudden passing. All right, so, uh, Sunday games. Packers beat the Dolphins 26-20. I heard somewhere somebody said the Packers should be upset that they have climbed back into the playoff race, and I actually very much agree. The Packers aren't going to do anything. They probably won't even make the playoffs. And this last month probably would have been best suited if Green Bay had just sat Aaron Rodgers and saw what they had in Jordan Love. You know, it just admit this is a lost season. We're not doing anything and uh, go from there, but instead they've gotten competitive. They don't know what Jordan Love is quite yet, and um, they're, they're, they're winning. So they're not dead yet, and they're probably not going to win the Super Bowl uh, or even make the playoffs, and if they do, they're probably going to be bounced in the first round because they're just not very good this year, don't have the receiving talent to, to pull it off. Um, Dolphins have really fallen apart. They were 8-3 and three at one point. They've lost four in a row, and Tua has looked just terrible for three straight weeks. Um you know, a lot of people love to rag on him. You know, I don't think it. I don't think he's that bad, but it's been a rough stretch for Tua and the Dolphins. Uh, Broncos and Rams. This was a clowning, fifty-one to fourteen. Rams and Baker Mayfield crushed Russell Wilson and the Broncos to the point that you had guys fighting on the sideline in Denver. The backup quarterbacks getting shoved by an offensive lineman on the sideline. And at the end of the day, a few hours ago, it broke from the NFL Network. Um, Nathaniel Hackett has been fired as head coach of the Broncos. Now, you know, Nathaniel Hackett seems like a nice enough guy. He was the tw- he was the offensive coordinator for the 2017 Jaguars that made it to the AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay for what, in my opinion, are the three best seasons of Aaron Rodgers' career, or three of the best. Um, gets this job in Denver, seemed completely in over his head. Uh, from the second he stepped in, the first game, it just you, you could tell they're just getting so woefully outcoached uh, by every coach they go up against. And look, Nathaniel Hackett should land on his feet as a coordinator, but um, the fact of the matter is, he's deal- he had to deal with one of the m- most intense regressions of a quarterback I think we have ever seen. Russell Wilson has regressed to the point where he's not just average; he's just straight up bad this season. He seems like a guy that his teammates legitimately, like, disdain. Just a very unlikable, inauthentic guy, Russell Wilson seems like. And you know what? (laughs) The Broncos at this point are a step away from being a legit reality TV show. How many moments this year have you seen a guy on the sidelines in Denver just openly look annoyed at the quarterback situation? Just openly looked annoyed. We're going to find out here in the next year or two if this was Nathaniel Hackett or Russell Wilson. That was the factor of this. My vote is Russell Wilson because Nathaniel Hackett has, as a play caller, produced some awesome seasons from Aaron Rodgers and helped get Blake Bortles a game away from the Super Bowl. Um, 
But yeah, this has been a disaster. By I mean, people, not me, people thought Russell Wilson was a legit, I mean, the Broncos were a legit Super Bowl team this year. I don't know how anybody thought that was the case because they, you know, I, they have an unproven receiving core, very, very unproven coach. Offensive line's kind of bad, and they have a regressing quarterback. But teams thought this could be a Super Bowl team. I, I, I thought that was crazy. I thought that was absolutely crazy. Um, I didn't think it would be this bad. This has been, I mean, this is like, they are officially gone from the media saying they're a Super Bowl team to now. What coach would want to coach this team? Who would want to coach this team? They have no cap space. They have no draft picks. They are in the toughest division in the league. They, they have almost no shot to win and get a home playoff game. And they've got a quarterback who seems genuinely unlikable, and you can't move him. And he's the biggest cap hit in the league. Who wants this job? Who seriously wants that job? You also got a GM that's going to be on the hot seat next year. Yeah, seems like a job that you're going to hand to one of the assistants. Just just saying. Um, finally, Bucks at Cardinals. Bucks win in overtime, 1916. It took overtime for Tom Brady to beat Trace McSorley. Um, that just tells you everything you need to know. The Bucks are an awful team. I still think they're going to win a playoff game, though. Um, but they just they look dreadful. I mean, they look terrible. Tom Brady last few weeks has looked terrible. He's thrown multiple interceptions in three straight games. Who would have thought? Looks awful. Um, and that's really all i got to say about that. And it's nothing really excite, too exciting happened in that game. All right. That is my analysis of week 16 of the NFL season. Very quick and short. I know it's very hot in this car. Uh, we'll be back Friday for my week 16 picks. Um, and I promise I will be there with you for week 16. And uh, we will see everybody then. Have a great post-Christmas, everybody. Great week back at work. We will see you Friday. This has been the Jadava Show. Your host, Jacob Valliere. We'll see you Friday.